So today I'm going to preach about something interesting and exciting. We are still in the love of God. Say the love of God. Today I'm going to talk about why do people struggle to have a revelation of God's love and now how to receive it. You see, many people in the church know about the love of God, but they don't experience the love of God. Hallelujah. We know it in the head, but it does not drop in the heart. And I feel that we must deal with that issue. Hallelujah. Have you realized that you can be in the family, same father, same mother, but you can feel left aside? Hallelujah. Or you feel accepted, but somebody next to you feel left aside. Same father, same mother. So people are not experiencing love at the same level. And people have different ways of experiencing love. And we have brought that in the kingdom. Hallelujah. You know, many factors contribute to the fact that people can't receive a revelation of the love. I'm not saying receiving the love, because the love is already there. I told you Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God has been poured in our life by the Spirit. Hallelujah. By the Spirit, the love is poured. Yanni Helper. By the Spirit, the love is poured in our lives. Hallelujah. So everybody in the kingdom has received the love of God. If you have received Christ, then you have received the love of God. Because Christ is a manifestation, is the embodiment of the love of God. So you cannot say, I have received Christ, but I didn't receive the love of God. So when people say, I don't know how to receive the love of God, it's not a right language. You know how to receive the love, but you don't know how to have a revelation of that reception. Hallelujah. It's like you are saying, I don't know how to receive Christ. You receive Christ by faith. So the love of God is received by faith. Hallelujah. So most of us, we have come to a place where our lives are stuck. Not because the love is not there, but because we don't know how to manifest it. Hallelujah. Have you seen that this is one of the major things in the kingdom? Sometimes when we say God loves me, people say it, but they don't mean it. Hallelujah. They say it, but they don't mean it. Now, what can be the cause of that? I want us to take the case of Israel. The nation of Israel. Amen. The problem that the nation of Israel had, the problem that the nation of Israel had, you can classify as many things. Lack of faith, lack of trust in God. But I want to submit to you this morning that the problem of the nation of Israel was the fact that they did not trust in the love of God. Amen? They did not trust in the love of God. And I will explain to you, but let's go to Jeremiah chapter number 3, verse 20. Jeremiah 3, 20. Jeremiah chapter number 3, verse 20. Hallelujah. 
It says, surely, as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, so you have, you have dealt treacherously with me. Whole house of Israel, says the Lord. I want to read it from my version, because this version does not display well what I want to say. It said, surely, as a wife, as a woman, treacherously depart from her lover, So you have dealt with me treacherously, O house of Israel. As a woman depart from a lover. So what was the problem of Israel? Departing from the love of God. They departed from the love, but before you blame them, let me explain to you why. Amen? Let me put it in perspective for you. Because sometimes we need to we like to blame the people of the Bible. Why did Adam actually eat? He's our problem. <laughs> but if you were there, you would have eaten. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you would have done the same thing. But we blame Adam. Now, let me put it in perspective for you. This is a nation yet to be born. The father of a nation, his name is Abraham. God came to Abraham in the book of Genesis and said to Abraham, you will have children, but your children will spend their time in slavery for 400 years. So they go to Egypt for 400 years and they have heard through history that God appeared to their forefathers. And his name was Abraham. And God displayed grace to him. And that God prophesied that they will be slaves. Now, what kind? <laughs> Listen now. Listen now. How do you measure the love of such a God? That has foretold that you will be slaves. Now, it does not stop there. After all is said and done, after 400 years, he does not rescue you. He only comes after 430 years. Exodus 12, 40 to 41. We won't read because of time. Now, do you think Israel, in a human sense, is correct to doubt? Now, let me, let, me, let me bring it down. Let's leave Israel. Now, your own father. Your own father. Your own father tells you, listen, this man is going to beat you up. He's your father. Then the guy assaults you and the father is standing there. And after he has wounded you, the father comes and says, let's go home. I really love you. Now, now how, do you, how, how do you accept the love of such a father? People, how do you accept the love of such a father? How do you trust? How do you come to a time where you can trust such a father? That you know he has a power to beat that guy. And yet he let the guy assault you, wound you. <laughs> abuse you. And then he picks you up and he holds you. He says, I love you so 
Do you see why? Do you, do you understand why I say it's easy to blame the people? Eh? But what you don't understand, what Israel didn't understand is that God saw through the windows of time. And he knew what, he was, go- what was going to happen. Amen? God was not prophesying what he was going to do. He just told him what people are going to do to them. And he's telling them that I am God. I'm not manipulating the will of men. That men have their own will to do what they want to do, but when they do it, I will take revenge. Amen? So God does not interfere in the will of people. The devil does, but God does not. That's why people ask, where was God? No, God was there. But God has given free will and free choices to people. Amen? God knew that when the famine will strike, God knew that the people are going to sell Joseph. God knew that Joseph was going ahead of them. God knew that the famine is going to strike that will cause them to go to Egypt. And God knows that out of that famine that they went to get food, people are going to enslave them. God knew that. And God has foretold them, but God said, don't worry. After all this is said and done, I will take revenge on that people. So God was not saying that I'm going to punish you and bring you to Egypt and mistreat you and then after I'm going to rescue you. No, God was stating the intent and the intention of the heart of men. And if you miss to understand that, you will blame God for everything. People need to understand that whatever happens here on earth, it's not necessarily God doing it, but human will are doing things. You see, you say, why did God... Why didn't God protect me? Do you know that if God has to do that, human being will not have a will anymore. And God didn't create robots. He created people in his own image and in his own likeness. So when somebody rapes you, it's not God raping you. It's a human being led by the devil that is doing that. And God, as a father says, there will be a day where I will going to take revenge on all these people. So there is a day of judgment that is set. And God is waiting for that day of judgment. In the meantime, men have a free will to do what they want to do. So God is not the originator of evil, but man is with his wicked will, empowered by the devil. Hallelujah. So God, God didn't say that, you know what, uh, your people are will, are will intentionally send them back to destroy them. Because by that time, Israel didn't go to Egypt uh, because of God angry with them. They went to Egypt because of a famine. Hallelujah. And they went to Egypt so that, so that the, the, the dream of Joseph may be fulfilled. So you that are questioning God, because of what is happening to you, you are understanding things wrong. Hallelujah. Do you know that there are principles that God has set on earth? And anyone that applies that principle, doesn't matter Christian or what, it works for him. Have you ever seen that somebody goes to sow in a farm 
let's say, me, uh, maize. And the maize says, the ground says, because you are not a Christian, I'm not producing. If you plant, if you sow, you will have a harvest. It's a law. So as a Christian, you can't pray for a harvest if you don't respect the laws. There are laws, there are laws that are set here on earth. One of the laws of the earth is that God does not intervene in the affairs of man unless he's invited. Hallelujah. Unless he's invited. That's why he does not force himself into you. You need to invite him. You need to open your heart and receive him. If you don't do that, God will not come and force himself into you. So God does not force himself into situations. And we have reduced God to that. He is like a, a Papa God that must do everything. No. 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 Sometimes when, when something bad happens to you, it's not even necessary the devil. It's the will of men. The devil will not take knife. Have you seen a knife flying in your house and coming and stab you? No. Somebody has to hold the knife. A car does not crash because God has said. Because you, you drive wrong or somebody drove wrong. So these are the things that are happening. You know what? And people are reducing God and blaming him. For the mistake of men. You know, there was a pastor that the, the, the daughter died in a plane crash. She was a servant of God and she died, I think, at 17. And, and, and the pastor was grieving and he said, God appeared to him. And God told him, listen, you live in a broken world. Remember, God never make a plane. So if he didn't make a plane, how can he be responsible for a plane crash? How can you be responsible of something you didn't make? It's like today they say there's a problem with, uh, let's say, with a certain kind of cars. And you have a problem, and you cry because there's a problem. No, the manufacturer is the one that, has, that made it wrong. Hallelujah. So, so, so let's know that, that Israel got, got it wrong. They got frustrated because they felt that the God of a father has left them. In a way that they stopped to teach about him. Remember when God appeared to Moses, Moses has to demand to God, who are you? And when Moses went to the people and told them, God has sent me, there was a bit of resistance. Hallelujah. Why? Because they were set in the fact that they, what was happening to them was God. You know, you will never receive the love of God when you blame him for what happens to you. Yes. Yes. One of the reasons why Israel did not receive the love of God is that somewhere, somehow, they blamed him. The cause of the rebellion of Israel was a lack of revelation of the love of God for them. That's the reason why instead of Seeing the law as an act of love, they saw it as a yoke. 
So when God says, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, they say, you are putting heavy load on us. They didn't see it as an act of love. They see it as an act of bullying again. Now he took us out. Now he's putting laws again. Hallelujah. So, the reason, the reason for the lack of, love, the lack of trust in the love of God was that they thought God left them. The reason why you struggle, one of the reasons why you struggle to, to experience the revelation is because of your experiences. Hallelujah. It's because of your past experiences. And if your past experiences dictate your life, it blinds you. You know, people have an experience in life and they reduce God to their own experiences. My father didn't like me. My mother treated me wrong. My people didn't love me. Therefore, their heart is closed and not open to the revelation. Because they have reduced God to their own experiences. Why was I mistreated by my parents if God was there? Why did this thing happen? Why did my father or my mother die if God was really there? Where was, where was God? And because of that, they think God does not love them. Because, you know, a human love is different from God's love. A human love is sensual and emotional. God's love is not like that. And if you are not aware that God's love is not sensual and emotional, you might not be able to receive it. Because you want to feel it at the level of human senses. <laughs> Hallelujah. Another example I told you last Sunday, the behavior, of a, the behavior of a prodigal son. The behavior of a prodigal son. Uh, of, of, of a brother, sorry. The behavior of a brother of a prodigal son. Let, let's read Luke 15, 29. Luke 15, 29. Luke 15, 29. He says, so he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood, with harlot, you killed the fatted calf for him. Look at this. The man knew the power of service. But he didn't know the power of love. He was reduced to service. Therefore, he did not know that his father loved him. Do you know how he considered his reward? He said, you never gave me a goat. Let's read it again. <laughs> so he answered and said to his father, Lo, many years I have been serving you. I have never, I've never transgressed your your commandment at any time. Yet you never gave me a young goat. A young goat. Why do you desire a goat? <laughs> Why do you desire a goat? 
while in the herd, they are cows. So when you don't know the love of God, you reduce yourself to small things. So for him, his reward should be a goat. He said, he couldn't understand that. Why didn't you give me, you never gave me a goat, but you gave me a calf. So if you have given me a goat, I wouldn't complain. So the man did not know how much his father loves him. So, so much so that he reduced the love of a father to a small goat. That's how he saw what his father could do for him. I want a goat. And, and there are many people in the kingdom that want goats. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and, and there is nothing wrong with the power of service. Don't misunderstand me. But if you have a power of service, you need to have a power of love. So that the combination of the two may make you powerful. So, so the young boy, his young brother, knew the power of love but didn't know the power of service. And because he didn't know the power of service, he wandered around taking the inheritance, failing to understand that when I've received from him, I must lay myself down to serve him. Hallelujah. So he, he, he knew so much the power of love that he lost the power of service. Do you know that it can happen that sometimes we know so much God's love that we forget that even when he loves us, we still need to submit to him and serve him. Hallelujah. So the, the, the problem with a big brother was that he didn't know the love of his father. He knew, he knew his father as a master. He didn't know him as an Abba. So, 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 so one of the problems why we don't re- receive a revelation is that we don't see God as Abba. We saw him as a disciplinary father. Because we have grown in a house where our household taught us the power of obedience but not the power of being a child. So, so people can't receive the love of God because of the way they've been trained. They've been trained to perform. You see, you went to school, and every time you bring your result from, from school, your father tells you, you could have done better. So you are trained to stretch yourself in a way that when, even when you work, you don't know when to stop because your reward comes from appreciation. And you fail to understand that although I must know the power of service, but the power of love sustains the power of service. Hallelujah. So you need to understand that. Listen, listen David. Look at David. Look at David. In the book of Psalm 27, verse 10. Psalm 27, verse 10. Look at what David says, and I will explain to you what happened. Psalm 27, verse 10. He said, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Now, do you understand that David has a very stormy 
childhood. Remember the day the prophet Samuel came to anoint him as king. He was not there. David was not at home. Where was he? Serving. He was serving. He was the one that everybody sent around at home. He was the one that everybody said, hey, go, take that cap for me. Come here. Hey, hey, you, go. He, he grew up serving. In a way that there was a root of rejection. Imagine they come to your home and they want to bless you with a gift, but they don't know who you are. And they ask your father, call your children. And your father call all of them, except you. And then they try to give the gift. The guy say, no, I don't feel it's one of them. Don't you have another child? They have to remind your father that he has another child. How would you feel about that? How would you feel about that? This is a man, David, that grew up with such a rejection. His past was Tommy. His past was not good. He grew up with the pain of being alone. Imagine, imagine, his brother thought he was a pretentious guy. They thought he was an arrogant guy. They thought he was not good at all. Because the day he went to kill Goliath, before he confronted Goliath, his, father, his brother told him, we know how you are. Get back home. What are you looking for here? Imagine the kind of relationship in your house where every, your brothers and your sisters team together against you. And when you do something, they always tell you how bad you are. Imagine this type of life. Hallelujah. This is, this is past experiences. Past experiences. Where was God when we were mistreating David? Where was he? Where was God? Where was God? And you know, this is what has gone on in our lives. And you know, many of us today are short-sighted. And the devil has lied to us to diminish the love of God to our own experiences. Why God didn't do it? Oh. Then, you know, one of the ways to escape our pain is to vest ourselves in service. Most of the time, people with seven hearts, heart, if you check well, I'm not saying all of them, but most of the time, are people that are running away from something. Because they, are, they have hid themselves beyond servanthood. And servanthood is something we should do, but we should do it on the altar of healing and love. Not to escape. You know, I've seen marriages where when the guy comes home, he's on his computer, he says, I'm working. But you know why he's working? Because he does not feel any love. I've seen mothers that feel more comfortable around their friends than their husband. What are they doing? They're running away because they, can't, they don't know how to, 
how to manifest the love. You see, we have come to this generation that is broken. And the brokenness in us has cornered us to reduce God to our own experiences. And that's why we can't receive a revelation. It's there, but we can't access it. We are cut somehow. Something in, in us is numb. Numb by the pain of life. When we grew up, all we, all we know is pain. We never experienced love. That's why we see so many rebellious children. Because they don't know how to experience love. And they take their pain out in rebellion. Israel did the same. Israel rebelled against God. Even when God was after them, they refused. Remember when they came out of, the world, out of, out of Egypt, they were singing. But then, then there was no water and they turned to God and said, hey, hey, where are you? It means that the manifestation of love for them was the answer prayers. So that's what the body is doing. That if our answer prayers are not answered, we don't feel the love of God. So we, we, we behave like the people of Israel. We, 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 we are excited when prayers are answered. So it means that our, our, our revelation of love is a revelation of love that is connected to situations. So when God performs, hallelujah. When he does not perform, why? So the day we receive a breakthrough, we are so excited. And the day there is no breakthrough, we question God. That is a human way of handling love. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go quickly on how to receive the love of God. How to receive a revelation. How to receive a revelation of the love of God. The first thing to do is never reduce God's love to your personal experiences. Never do that. Never measure the love of God to your own experiences. And I want to go back again to Psalm 27 verse 10. Psalm 27 verse 10, I want to go back there. He said, when my father and my mother forsake me. Say, when my father and my mother forsake me. Personal experience. Then what is the answer? He said, then the Lord will take care of me. So David says, that what I'm going through is not the manifestation necessary of the fact that God does not love me. People can forsake me, but I trust that God will receive me. Even if I don't feel it, I know it. You know, we trust so much in the love of people that when it fails us, we think God has failed us. Let me give you an example. You see, ladies, if you take a broken mirror and you try to do your makeup out of a very broken mirror, what kind of makeup are you going to have? Huh? What kind of makeup are you going to have? It's very broken, so everything is twisted. Your lips are divided into four. <laughs> your lip is divided into four. So you don't know the size of your lip anymore. How do you do that? 
and we are looking at into a broken mirror and start to adjust ourselves. You know what I mean? We try to take the life of broken people, the advice of broken people to fix ourselves. And the Bible says that the word of God is a perfect mirror through which we must look. But now we have defined ourselves on the experiences of people. And when people say you are not good, we blame ourselves we are not good. When people say they don't love us, we reject ourselves. You are using a broken mirror to fix what is already whole. So David says, I will not use a broken mirror. When my father and my mother forsake me, then I know that my Lord, because I'm looking into the perfect law of God, so God will receive me. People, let, let, listen, if you want to experience the love of God, you must disconnect yourself from the opinion of people. Not only the opinion of people, but you must disconnect yourself from the trust that you have in people that they are the one to give you love. As long as you do that, you cannot have the revelation of God's love. Because God's love for your life is bigger than what people say. How can you fix yourself looking at into a broken mirror? My family does not like me. Broken mirror. And then you go into guilt and condemnation. Because of what men say. Instead of listening to what God says. So if you want to receive the revelation of God's love, don't reduce God's love to your own experiences and the, or what people say. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? So what do you do? You find yourself in God. Hallelujah. So when people say you are not good, you say that's not what God says. That's not what God says about me. God says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the product of his love and he bestowed his love upon me. So who are you? What can men do to me from now on? When you reject me, God takes care of me. So in the wilderness, David left that, learned that lesson. When he was going before Goliath, he said to Goliath, you are coming against me with a javelin and the sword, but I have come against you in the name of, in the, name of the Lord. He didn't say in the name of Jesse, his father. He said, I have come against you in the name of the Lord, the God of, of Israel that you have insulted. So David said, I will not connect myself to my family bloodline anymore. I connect myself to the God of heaven. Ay, 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 ay. So that... So that I may come to understand that whenever things go wrong, my papa, <laughs> my daddy, my, we are celebrating Father's Day. So my father, my daddy stands with me. Woo! And I know, and I know that he loves me. Number two, understand the power of God's love by the sacrificial death of Christ for you. Don't measure God's love by what he can bless you with. A job, a car, a house, success. No, that is not the measure, the measurement of God's love. God's love is measured by this, that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. That it pleased God to crush him for us. Isaiah 53 verse 10. It pleased God to crush him for us. What manner of love is it that while we are still sinners, God still Christ still died for us? And now we are, we are grieved because we didn't get a house. We are grieved because we didn't get a car. We are grieved because we didn't get a job. We are grieved because we didn't pass an exam. What is that? Yeah. 
He died for you. Say, he died for me. So if you say, I don't know how to experience God's love, it's a lie from Satan. You do, because you can think of the fact that you once you were a sinner, but Jesus died for you. That you are saved through the blood, through the sacrificial death of God. You are saved. What manner of love is that? That God should die for his own creation. That he has, he has made a way for you to escape his wrath. You know, God is so good. He said, I'm angry, but I will make a way for you to escape. He said, I'm, I, you have sinned against me, and the consequence of your sin is destruction. But you know what? I will make a way for you not to be destroyed. So you annoyed me, but I will make a way to reward you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He crushed his own son for you. Hallelujah. That's the love of God. That is John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You can also read 1 John 4, 9 and you will see all his manifestation of God's love. Number three, do not try to reduce the love of God to your emotion but receive it by faith. Do not try to receive it by feelings. Oh, he loves me. No. You need to know it. The love of God is a knowing. You need to convince yourself that he loves me regardless. So even if I'm wounded, he still loves me. You need to be persuaded of that fact. That's what the Apostle Paul was trying to tell you in the book of Romans chapter number 8. Let's read Romans chapter number 8, verse 38 to 39. We read it last time, but let's read it again. Romans 8, 38 to 39. Are you blessed? He said, for I am persuaded. Do you see the, 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 the sentences and the art of the writing here? He said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life. So Paul is saying, that death can come. Life, life can happen. Listen, he said neither death or life. So life can happen. It means that I can go through tough time in my life. But I have set myself, I have convinced myself that when life is tough and when death comes, let's go on. No angels, no principalities, what principalities you are talking about. No power, it's uh, uh, Ephesians 6. What we are struggling against. He said, whatever it is, no power, no thing present, no things to come. Let's say, let's go on. No height, no depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So Paul says, I have convinced myself that even if you beat me, I know God still loves me. I am so convinced that I have, I have, I have obtained it by faith. I have set my mind not to, not to let myself be swayed around because of things that are happening to me. It's a conviction in my soul that God loves me regardless. So even if life happens, I still say God loves me. It's not based on if your father died or your mother died. It's not based on if you lost a job or you didn't lose a job. 
It's not based on if you fail an exam or you didn't fail an exam. It's not based on if you have a car or not. It's not based on if you know how to drive or not. It's not based on if your friend loves you or not. It's not based on if you are ripped or not. It's based on the fact that I know. doesn't matter what happens, God loves me. It's a conviction that you must have. So train yourself to have that conviction. Hallelujah. Say, I will train myself. I will train myself to have that conviction. That regardless of what can happen, daddy loves me. Say, daddy loves me. Abba, Abba, Father. He said, we cry Abba, Father. We cry Abba, Father. You will stop reducing the love of God to your own emotions. Because that's why you say you don't know how to manifest it. Because the world has taught us, if I love you, I must hug you. And since God cannot hug you, you don't know. Hallelujah. If you love me, you kiss me. Since God will not kiss you, you don't know. And that's why you imagine those experiences in the spirit. To satisfy your own desires. I saw God kissing me. These are imagination of the spirit. To soothe your conscience because you cannot receive, you cannot experience it without a, a, a natural thing. So now you imagine God kissing you. <laughs> you had that experience where God was kissing me, where God was doing that. That is your own experience so that you can know that he loves you. But that is not what he's doing. You know, sometimes you, you need to experience things for your own emotions. The Bible says the righteous shall live by faith, not by feelings. So although, although those experiences that you have them helps you in the spirit, don't reduce God to those experiences. Because now when you don't see God kissing you in the spirit, you think, ah, no, what is wrong? What is Faith in his love. You know, I, I knew so much that my father loved me. I knew so much that he loved me that when I have something, I phone him, I say, Dad, I used to phone him, I say, Dad, I'm in trouble. And sometimes he would tell me, Son, uh, we can't do it now. And when I drop the phone, I don't say, Why, Dad? Because I know so much that he loves me. I know that he, know, I know that he has a reason. So when, you, when you, you, when you know the love, you don't question it anymore because you know that he has a reason. Listen, if God gives you poison to drink, then he has an antidote. Hallelujah. So whatever he feeds you with, you eat it. Because you know that if it comes to a push, if it's bad, he will give you the antidote. Hallelujah. That's how you trust in God unconditionally. Faith. Make up your mind this morning that Jesus loves you. Can we give a big hand to our Lord?